With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Long drive, deep to left center. It's way, way, way back, and this game is tied. And Mercedes has tied it up when the Sox were down to their final strike. He has the power to do it, and he did so. That was a real blast in left center field, no doubt about it. Kind of a line shot to get out of here. And the White Sox have salvaged this game, at least with a tie. Your mean Mercedes, I mentioned the bidding for roster spot. He has really impressed everybody. Behind in the count, and he came back there, and the pitcher can't believe it. Pretty decent pitch. He just drilled that ball in the uh, alley there in left center field. Man. That is the uh, webcast from the White Sox uh, today. Your mean Mercedes, once again, um, well, the guy's just a wonder. He tied the game up 3-3. Uh, when the White Sox were down to their last strike, salvaged the, uh, well, I guess, uh, prevented the loss. Uh, just another terrific, we're going to get into this uh, really quickly. Welcome to the Southside Sox podcast. And we've got a first-time guest here, although a guy definitely familiar with the family of podcasts, shall we say. It's Sean Williams down in Arizona. He's been uh, covering the uh, Cactus League for us uh, with photos, video, some writing, and uh, he's hopping on to just basically talk Cactus League with us. Welcome, Sean Williams. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here for the Southside Sox podcast this time. And as always, looking forward to talking some Cactus League and White Sox baseball. All right, let's get right to it. Your mean Mercedes is—he's ridiculous at this point. He's <laughs> ridiculous. Um, he's got all right. He's got four homers. Uh, he tied the game here in the ninth, down to the last strike. Uh, to, on my on the Southside Sox uh, recap, I just wrote. Uh, isolated a frame basically of his contact. He took a pitch again, a little bit of a, a um, misleading angle. It, certainly the ball looks more outside than it is, but clearly it was a pitcher's pitch, uh, definitely outer half. And it took what I feel was a, a pretty perfect swing to put on it to not just dribble it to short or maybe flare a little, uh, a little nothing, a little quail out to center. So it's pretty much a perfect swing. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't just, doesn't just get a hit or a, or, a, or a, a ball in the gap for a double. He takes it out of the park to tie the game. This guy is locked in. You've seen him play. Uh, you're watching him. Uh, what are you seeing from your mean? Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty much established himself as one of the major 
talks of Cactus League play for the White Sox, if not the yeah. major talk out of White Sox camp. Um, obviously, as an older prospect, you kind of expect him to be able to hit and, and be able to hold his ground, but you know, you never really expected him to hit this well and consistently do it. I mean, the guy, it's not like he's playing every single day. He's kind of getting, you know, plugged in there as a sub and, and getting a start, you know, maybe like two, one, two, three times a week. But it's, he just looks like he's playing every day and just is swinging the bat incredibly well. So he's, he's been the most fun player or one of the most fun players to watch this entire spring. And, he made some noise early, and he's continuing to do it. So it's it's been nothing but positive news out of the Yermin Mercedes camp. Yeah, and I mean, the White Sox are you know, faced with the dilemma having five, five catchers on the 40-man. There's five <laughs> guys, well, I mean, five of the primary guys in addition, in addition to backstops like Carlos Perez. So we've got five guys you're trying to work into the catching mix, and clearly they're not – there's not room for for everybody. Certainly not on the open day roster, and not even really in spring training. It's it's a little bit hard to get everybody reps. The fact that Mercedes is getting used, say the way he was today, in, in in coming off the bench, do you think in any way they're sort of floating the trial balloon of him playing a role, breaking camp with the team as a guy who doesn't necessarily have to play regularly but can come off the bench? Uh, when powers needed, maybe in the way the White Sox maybe a couple of years ago, or even tried to last year, maybe with Daniel Palka, a guy who might be matchup wise a pinch hitter, but you know a guy who can just come in off the bench uh, and maybe give you that one big blow to tie the game. You know that's a really good question, and, and uh, to be honest, I haven't really like thought of his role um, this spring. Um, obviously, if he makes a team, his role will be something like that, but I haven't really really thought about it too much and, and really like looked into the ways they're using him but I mean I don't see why not you know when you have a guy that's swinging the bat as well as he is you got to find different ways to sort of test him and, and see what he can do so them kind of plugging him into certain situations and um, having him you know come and wait into the game to, to see what he can do would I, I think it would be beneficial for both you know um, gives Yerman a chance to shine and also gives the White Sox a chance to see what he can sort of do, and I guess we can call it those clutch or big situations. So I would say there's there's probably a pretty good chance that they're testing that out. I mean, like I said, you got to figure out a way to test a guy that's doing so well. So you got to you got to come up with something here. <laughs> and what I love about what Mercedes is doing, in addition, to obviously his his play on the field, and. You know, of course, you pointed out that he's probably the, the talk of, of the White Sox. He's probably the talk of the Cactus League. This guy is really standing out as a as a who, as a what, uh, especially given that he's definitely on the cusp of even making the team. Uh, but what I love about Yermin is like every highlight he manages to get on Twitter and he's like tweeting it out. He keeps giving us that see, like, see you soon, Chicago. I mean, it's just ballsy stuff and you sort of got to love that. Yeah, I, I think personally, I think it's pretty funny that he's doing stuff like that. And to be completely honest with you, he deserves to be able to send out those tweets and stuff like he he's just hitting the crap out of the ball and he deserves to have all the confidence in the world right now. So it's it's. It's funny, and it's also kind of nice to, to see him feeling really good about himself and all the work that he's doing. And if he's observant at all, and I'm sure he is, clearly he's you know on Twitter, he's checking things out, you know, like uh, you know uh, like Tim Anderson tweeting like you know the hate tweets back, out, retweeting those. Uh, you know, he's on top of things, and he's got to realize he's got you know not that it really is going to move the 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 pin at all, you know, here, but 
you know, a guy like Chuck Garfine is obviously huge in his camp. Uh, people love the story. So, I mean, I, I imagine most blogs are behind him. I'm sure there's still some naysayers like, hey, where's he going to play or whatever. But, I mean, the fact that, you know, he's... <laughs> You know, he's got some, he's got like a, he's got his like Sancho Panza thing going. He's got like this folk hero thing happening that, you know, why not play into it? I mean, what, he's got nothing to lose. He's 27 years old. He's got nothing to lose. Yeah, it's, it seems like there's a very, it, it's, it's growing by the day. It seems like there's a very, very big, your mean Mercedes section on, on White Sox Twitter. And he's, uh, he's coming up in a lot of blogs and stuff like that. So it's all things considered. I think it's kind of cool to see something like that develop, honestly. So. You know, good for him, and he's he's getting the attention of people, and he keeps delivering them what what they want. He keeps hitting all these home runs, so you know the uh, the Yermin Mercedes section is just going to keep on growing if he if he keeps doing stuff like this. Now, is he screwing things up for the White Sox? The White Sox, uh, you know, we we I think it's safe to say they'd like to see. I guess they'd like to see Zach Collins have a role with a big club. I don't know. Maybe they want to see him get reps at Charlotte. Um, you know. Uh, is he screwing up things with the, with the 26th man? I mean, the 26th man battle is probably already down to just a handful of names. Uh, it seems like a guy like Adam Engel is safely ensconced as a, as a fourth outfielder and the platoon guy in right field. Um, I guess, you know, Leori definitely seems like he's done nothing to sort of lose his, uh, I guess, somewhat incumbency at second base. Um does he screw things up for Mendick? Is he screwing things up for even even a, like a Chesler Cuthbert who is making this weird like out of left field like run at the twenty six man? I mean, how are you handicapping sort of that last guy on the bench? I, yeah, I wouldn't say he's really screwing it up, um, but he's definitely making it interesting, and and he's kind of it seems like he's forcing the White Sox hand to really really consider him for that twenty six man spot. Um, but you know, like like you were saying, there's it's really seems like it's down to just a couple of guys who might win that that last spot. I think Danny Mendick is probably safe just because he can play a bunch of different positions, so it gives you that versatility. And they on Sunday they even gave him a little bit of a run in left field, mm-hmm. so um, they're kind of testing him out at a bunch of different spots this spring. And I think he he really hasn't done anything to hurt his chances. I think he was kind of he was kind of pretty much, I don't want to say guaranteed a spot, but it would have been really hard for him to lose one um, coming into this spring. So I think he's he's safe and he'll make the team. But I don't know, like that that 26, man, it, it, it's getting kind of interesting. And, and you're mean, Mercedes is really, really making a strong case for himself, despite, you know, kind of the, the awkward fit and not really having uh, a position that he can play and that he can play regularly. So... I don't know. It's it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm glad it's it's interesting. It's a good problem to have, um, but it's it's going to be fun to kind of see how how they play this out and what the White Sox end up doing with their 26 man. There's there's so much that goes into it too. You know, a big factor is also what they want out of the 26 man. You know, do they want someone who can play a couple different positions? You know, Chesler Cuthbert offers that he can play infield, and I know he's listed as an outfielder too. Um, even someone like Nicky Delmonico, he's an outfielder. He's a, he's a left-handed bat. He gives you that option and he could play a little bit of first base too. So really what it boils down to in the end is, is what the White Sox want out of that last roster spot. But, you know, like I said, your mean Mercedes is, is making, making it tough on him for sure. I wonder if, you know, I'm not wise enough MLB wide to know, 
the type of player that's equivalent to your mean, where he's really this cusp kind of guy. He's sort of a tweener. Uh, in terms of just, you know, the white... The White Sox have some strength in right-handed uh, slugging and, and slugging in general. You know, he, he sort of is a little bit of duplication, even though obviously he stood out as as the most potent hitter, I guess you could say, uh, so far in Cactus League play for them. I just wonder what other teams out there might have guys, and maybe it's a maybe it's an arm, a guy they're not going to be able to um, perhaps uh, uh, send down and get through waivers, etc. I wonder if there's even. Uh, I guess what I'm getting at is Rakan is not in a bad position with the way your mean Mercedes is playing because even if somehow he doesn't make the cut with the team, you know, you wonder if he's able to truly, truly, as if he wasn't selling high off of his season in Charlotte last year, you know, selling high off a really hot Cactus League. Obviously, GMs are going to be wise to taking a sample size of March and go too crazy with it, but he's certainly not hurting his trade value as well and you just wonder if there might be a flip out there where the White Sox are able to maybe patch something that's more of a weakness on the team uh, by moving your your mean on I don't know yeah that's that's a good point too I mean his play is definitely not hurting his his value at all and you know the White Sox are kind of in a all things considered a pretty good position with someone like your mean Mercedes because he can make the team great. He can have, you know, kind of that fill-in role and, and get some pinch hits or um, maybe find some time DHing, but that's that's going to be really, really hard because there's a lot of people that can DH on the team ahead of him. Um, but at the same time, you know, you, you don't want anyone to get injured, but say someone, one of the catchers or something does get hurt, then you have him, you know, waiting and ready to go um, right out of AAA. So, I think either either way, and, and regardless of, of what happens, he's I think he's building up a decent amount of trade value where the Sox could get something. It probably wouldn't be a lot by any means, but they could get something for him or they can have him ready if they need to call on him due to an injury or, or whatever the other case may be, or, or he can make the team. So whatever the route it is, it, it, it seems like everything has its own kind of benefits here. So it's 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 a pretty good spot all around, I think. I think when what me and Sean are trying to say, given that we've devoted almost 15 minutes now to your mean Mercedes, is you're mean. We know you're listening. We see you too. So wave <laughs> to Chicago. We're waving right back to you. And uh, you've definitely put yourself in the discussion. Now, uh, maybe conversely, uh, we've got a guy who has had a little trouble. I think traditionally he's had uh, trouble and he struggled in the spring. So I guess you could call him sort of a slow starter or slow to get all those muscles limbered. And that is Edwin Encarnacion. Is there any concern there with his start? And, uh, you know, does, will that project at all uh, maybe even into the regular season? Uh, you know, I really am not concerned by his slow start at all. Um, he got to camp on the very last day he could so he was kind of a late I guess you can I mean he had to officially report by that day so he's technically not late but um just based on all the other guys being there he kind of got a late start um you know obviously he had all like that family stuff going on in the offseason which is is totally fine Mm -hmm. um so he got there a little late and then he played I don't know how many games there was only a couple and then he was out for a little, like a couple, a couple more games after that with uh, back stiffness. So he really hasn't gotten, I'd say, like a consistent run of games yet. He's just kind of been 
playing a little bit, then he got hurt, now he's back, and he's he's playing a little bit. Obviously, in Cactus League, you don't play every day, so um, it's not like everyone's, you know, getting three at-bats every day, but it's just, uh, it, it, I, I think he just needs a little more time um, to kind of get up to speed. He might have a little bit of a slow start to the season, but I'm really not concerned with it at all. I mean, he's a he's a professional hitter. He's a professional slugger. He's he's been that way for many years. So I think it's only a matter of time before he starts looking like himself again. I just think that you know, with the couple factors he's dealt with so far, it's just kind of causing him to have a little bit of a slow start. But I don't think White Sox fans should be concerned about it. Yeah, part of the nature of this long six-week spring training and talking about uh, the team at almost every turn is that we might tend to overanalyze some of these like mini slumps and slow starts. And obviously it's not as if opening day is tomorrow. I believe I saw that Manny Machado hit a home run in his first spring of bat, and I don't think he's maybe even made contact since then. He's had a really tough <laughs> spring. So, you know, it's not like, you know, we're going to like, we sh- our hair should be on fire, especially when we're talking about guys who are veteran players. So I, I imagine there's, there's not too much too, too much to be worried about yet. But, hey, who knows? You know, let's check in in a week or two, and maybe there'll be more to be concerned about. Yeah, we'll see. I think it's just a matter of him kind of getting his timing completely down and seeing, you know, a bunch of pitches again. And I don't know. I think it's, it's only, like I said, only a matter of time before he starts, you know, showing showing us why his bat's worth the money. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about him. I'm looking forward to him um, starting to show off some of that power and stuff. Okay, Sean, uh, unlike that other podcast where I am in control of the sponsorships and I can queue up uh, you know, what I need to put out there in terms of those sponsorship dollars, uh, SB Nation provides uh, advertisements that I have so far failed to be able to plug in at the right time. So, so far, these first few Southside Sox podcasts have been uh, inadvertently uh, commercial-free and, hey, Thanks to you listeners, and you know that's my little gift to you uh, for those first few, giving that commercial-free podcast. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to manage to figure out how to plug a commercial in right here now at the midpoint of the show, but I'm going to try to do that. So, again, you may have lucked into the commercial-free Southside Sox podcast, and if so, you're going to hear me and Sean rapping about uh, Cactus League play here in just mere seconds. But... If I do this right, it may be 30 seconds or a minute before we come back with the second half of the show. Either way, we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey there. Welcome back to the Southside Sox podcast. I'm Brett Ballantini. 
managing editor of Southside Sacks, and I'm here with photography and writing and video contributor to both Southside Sacks and Southside Hit Pen, Sean Williams, our man down in Phoenix. Uh, Sean, uh, let's get into a little bit of the pitching staff. Today, Dylan Cease had, again, just, I believe, his second or third start, so he's still working things out. He clearly was working things out. Not a very good start, yet a very typical Dylan Cease start. Uh, a lot of traffic, at least one long ball, uh, getting out of some jams with or without help, did manage some Ks. Uh, what are you feeling from Dylan? And is it interesting that we all seem very uh, eager to pack Ronaldo Lopez off to the bullpen and sort of give Dylan Cease a pass? Uh, Dylan Cease, he, I, I think today was his first bad start this spring. So even though it was rough there for a little while, um, the, the, the bigger picture and, and the rest of the work he's done this spring has been pretty positive. Um, his fastball command look has looked pretty darn good until today. He was, I didn't, I wasn't able to watch, you know, like every pitch of the game. I did watch a little bit of his outing. Um, but it seemed like he had a hard time locating his pitches and it just led to, you know, like you were saying walks. I know he hit a batter. I shouldn't say, I know, I think he hit a batter (laughs) and, uh, was just kind of all over the place, but at the start he looks pretty good. I mean, he did give off the give up that leadoff home run, but then he settled down there for the rest of the first, and I think a little bit into the second he did too. So I thought he was going to bounce back from that home run, but you're not going to be great every day. So today was just a bad day uh, for Dylan Cease. But in terms of of the bullpen and and him and Ronaldo Lopez, I at this point I think. You know, if one of them ends up getting bumped into the bullpen, I think Ronaldo Lopez kind of has the faster track there. Um, Ronaldo Lopez is, has been with the White Sox for a couple of years now. He's, he's played a couple full seasons, and we're still kind of at the point where we're not really sure what we have in Ronaldo Lopez. Um, obviously, there's been starts where he's looked fantastic, and, and there's been starts where he just really can't miss bats and he gets hit hard and stuff like that, but... Um, with, and, I, and I say that comparing him to Dylan Cease is uh, Dylan Cease doesn't even have a full season of being a major league player yet. So there's still some stuff to unravel with him and some stuff that has to play out before we, I think they should consider um, moving him. So I guess at this point I, I still would give Ronaldo Lopez kind of the edge to get, to get bumped out of the rotation into the bullpen. But um, for, for Dylan Cease, there's, there's still stuff we got to see, and, and he's got to obviously get more experience at the major league level first, too. Look at me sending Dylan Cease to the bullpen already. That's just <laughs> harsh, harsh. Yeah, one day, one day maybe I'll tell the story of Don Cooper yelling at me for suggesting that Mark Burley should go to the bullpen briefly. That that was a fun one. He liked, oh, gosh. He liked to yell at me. Uh, well, I can say one thing based on this start. Dylan Cease needs to be the guy who buys Leori Garcia his Subway sandwich for the night because... Uh, he's uh, he definitely saved him. I don't know what's going on here. Sorry. Um, the bonus sound effects, people. Bonus sound effects. Was um, that the sponsor? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a sponsor. Yes. Um, bells, <laughs> bells, bell sponsor. Um, uh, because he made an inc- a really terrific uh, stop up the middle, uh, starting a double play uh, with the bases full. So I think um, footlongs, 
on Dylan Cease uh, tonight because uh, that defensive play really helped uh, prevent even an uglier, I guess, looking uh, start today. But hey, a bad one. You wipe it off the books. You're back out there and uh, taking your turn um, later in the week, weekend, and, uh, you know, best for Dylan. So, yeah, all right. Okay, I'll I'll revoke my, you know, send him the bullpen. I just think it's interesting that he's a guy who hasn't really proven that he's really been able to work deep into games. He, he finds himself in a lot of traffic, similar to Ronaldo, I suppose. Uh, you know, but he, he does sort of get that pass. And there's good reason for it, and you pointed that out, Sean, and that's why you're on here, to talk sense into me. Okay, <laughs> Sean. That's the only reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God, got to help you. Got to help you. You have a difficult task. Okay, let's talk a little bit of bullpen arms. Today the bullpen was dynamite, and I believe all four or five guys used were guys who are uh, pretty much locks for the uh, pen. Let me see if I can get them all by memory. We had uh, C-Shack. Uh, who could even find himself in uh, in the closer role? Uh, Aaron Bummer, uh, Biceps Cordero, uh, who oh Kelvin Herrera had a nice outing. Uh, Evan Marshall um, just lights out. Uh, I think two hit uh, ball pitched by the bullpen. Um, these guys are probably safe givens for the bullpen, but they, overall, uh, what are you feeling about the relief core, what you've seen so far early on in, in, in spring training, uh, you know, any surprises or disappointments? Yeah. So I think, um, all the guys that, that you mentioned, um, except I'm not a hundred percent familiar with how Evan Marshall has been doing. I haven't been able to watch him much this spring, but I know the rest of those guys are having a really good spring so far. Um, I think Bummer's got, he's perfect. ERA so far. I think C-Shack has a perfect ERA so far. I know Cadero's got like a sub two. He's doing really good as well. So, um, and, and Herrera, I, I believe he's doing pretty well too. I know he's getting hit around a little bit, but it's not really been anything um, like damaging. So it's it's good to see those guys work through uh, good springs and, and putting together um, some good outings. I know Aaron Bummer got 1.1 innings today, and he looked he's looked awesome this whole time um so it's yeah it's it uh, those guys have looked good uh got to see caleb frere on sunday who has had a disappointing spring leading into that game and uh that game was another disappointment for him he gave up three solo shots in an inning so um kind of stinks seeing, you know, a lefty arm option struggle, um, even though it is only spring training. He's going to have a, a zero ERA once the season starts, but you'd like to see him uh, get some confidence moving into the season. So he's kind of been um, a disappointment to me so far um, yeah. going into the – go yeah. ahead. Yeah, Sean, at, at, at what point uh, – okay, give me a prediction here. At what point does Aaron Bummer actually pass away and expire this season because he's the only left-hander in the bullpen? Ugh. Um. <laughs> I mean, Jace Fry is, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's short hurt. order cook or something going on. He's, he is not thrown. Uh, Frere I, is in, in trouble. Um, what heck we got what, Lindgren. Does he make a surprise run into it? What do we, what do we, do we have a second lefty in this pen? Uh, Lindgren, he'll, he'll get a chance. Um, I don't think it's going to be anything soon. Um, I believe he already does have a little bit of major league experience. So mm-hmm. yeah, he does. Um, he's got that under his belt, and he is going to. He should be starting somewhere higher up in the system too. So he'll be. 
closer to the majors, I don't know if he'll get a shot like immediately, you know, like say they need to pull up a lefty. I don't know if he'd be the first guy, um, but he, he's having a really, really good spring too. So I'm glad you brought that up. But, I mean, yeah, I, you just, know, I, I know this is a small sample size. It's March 9th and I'm, I've already turned Jace Fry into short order cook, but I mean, we do need to see him pitch at some point, correct? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, even for pitchers, it's important too. They got They got to get their arms ready for the season. Um, obviously, I know they were, they report earlier than hitters, and he was down here throwing a little bit um, before the game started. But he's got to get that game action too. So we gotta we gotta get Jace Fry out there on the mound sooner than later. And I think he is supposed to be throwing. I'm not 100 percent sure if it's going to be in a game or just like a side. But I, I believe he is supposed to be throwing. Um, it might be even this week. All right, Jace, wait until you retire at whatever age it is before you buy your food truck and, you know, make make that your, your life's mission. Now you've got to pitch. We need a second lefty. Otherwise, my prediction is, you know, bummer, closer or not, he could be he could be dead before midseason. We could we just can't have that. Uh but speaking of bummer, speaking of Kelvin Herrera, who's who who did start out rough, but I think he's strung together at least a, a couple decent outings now. He's getting that ERA down. One guy in the bullpen who's not doing well is Alex Colomay. And uh, again, March 9th, I'm going to try not to freak out about anything and, you know, send uh, Alex uh, into maybe doing some some tax work for people early season and not, not be the close any longer. But he's a guy who already had some shaky peripherals last year, despite the really nice save numbers. Um, we seem to have some backup options with C-Sheck and Bummer closing, but how concerned should we in the fact that Colome is a better spring training player than, say, Edwin Encarnacion has proven in the past. He had a, a pretty decent spring with the White Sox in his first one last year, and he's had now three outings that have been basically horrible. I know he's got the heebie-jeebies about not pitching the eighth or ninth, and, and Ricky's running him out there like in the, the fifth and sixth, but again, at what point do we need to be concerned about Colome? Yeah, he's an interesting case just because, uh, like you said, his peripherals aren't very good. Um, and he, you know, a lot of um, like sabermetrics and stuff um, showed that he got hit pretty hard last year, but he did get pretty lucky. So that's uh, like a big reason why he had what looked like such a really good season. Um, but that's kind of just been like sort of been his thing. You know, he is, he's never really been like, that power pitcher or anything. Um, but he's, he's, he's made a career out of it. So he'll be interesting to watch moving forward. I, I have a hard time getting concerned with guys in spring training, unless they're showing something that's like super alarming. I know it's it, like you also mentioned it is out of his regular situations he throws in. So that could be throwing him off. But I mean, the guy's been, a pro for how long? Like, I, I can't imagine that being the sole reason why he's just getting beat up. So I don't know. I, I, I think we'll learn pretty quickly into the regular season what kind of pitcher we're going to get out of Alex Calame this year. I, I hope he puts together another strong season. That would be great, especially considering the money he's making. But I also wouldn't be shocked at the same time if he kind of just looked like a completely different pitcher. So we'll see. It's one. I, I feel like it's going to be one of those coin flips with him this year. Southside Sox readers and listeners, I need to take a little moment out here to just explain something. See, this is why we need a guy like Sean Williams on this show with me. He's a younger guy than me, but he's got that Phoenix cool going. See, he's 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 preaching patience 
and cool, and I'm the hothead <laughs> who so far has, well, perhaps he's just DL'd Edwin Encarnacion. He's put Dylan Cease in the bullpen. He has sent Jace Fry to a food truck, and I believe Alex Colomay is now doing some tax work for people. So this is the balance you need. When a hothead like me starts to freak out and wet himself over some of these performances, Sean's here to say, dude, you got to calm down. Even though Alex Colomay has like a 130 ERA, it's three outings. Would you just chill out? So thank you for that. And I believe the listenership will thank you because if they just had to listen to me blather on about the team, that could be rough. So, so you know, thank you for manning up, Sean. We, we need this counterbalance. Hey, I always try to keep a little positive attitude with things. And you know what? It could be worse. Alex Calumet might have 130 ERA, but it could be 131. Ah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are a younger fan, Sean. You are. Okay. Uh, talk to me. Uh, uh, I believe, I don't know, a little a, a little birdie might have whispered this in my ear that when you were at Camelback on uh, Sunday, hanging out and chilling, I don't know, some dude who looked a lot like Rick Hahn was complimenting your uh, sartorial splendor? Yeah, it was some guy that had like a Rick Hahn mask on or something. <laughs> uh, was just walking walking down the field towards the dugout and I, you know, yelled out like, Hey, good morning. How you doing? And he said, doing good. Thank you. And he looked at me and looked down at my shirt I was wearing. And he said, Hey, I like your shirt. And I said, thanks. <laughs> Wouldn't be able to wear it if it wasn't for you. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Maybe that was, maybe that was his hint that he wanted a Yaz we can breaking T Southside Sox t-shirt sent to him. Come on, Rick. You, know, I sh- you got I the coin. I told him I could get him one. I, I really you messed con- up there. Yeah, Next time. Yeah, you got yeah, you got you got some contacts. You got some inside sources, right. Yes, that is the Yaz We Can t shirt Sean was wearing. And oh I believe I don't know what I got nothing better to do. I'll throw a link so you can buy that t shirt if any listeners have somehow missed the pretty cool little uh play on the Obama thing, uh Yaz We Can. It's a good choice, Sean. You you do have sartor- sartorial splendor, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. I I love the shirt. I wear I wear it all the time. It's super comfy. Stay together extremely well, so I'm I'm super happy with it. And I've I've got even Rick on aside. I've I've gotten people that have complimented me on it um, numerous times. So it's it definitely seems like it's not just me that likes it or you that likes it. There's a lot of people that like it. So it's a good buy for sure. That's a good tagline for breaking tea. Breaking tea. Our shirts stay together. I like it. I like it. Uh, okay, Sean, I got to, you know, I'm not trying to bust you here, but I do got to call you out. I I cornered you, I believe, maybe the very first podcast we did together, and I demanded, I demanded a weather forecast from you, and you guaranteed me. I mean, you, you, you didn't feel pressured oh, at all. You guaranteed me <laughs> no more rain, and apparently these next few days might be rainy in Arizona. I never said that. Oh. Play the clip. Was the I, other I Sean Williams? Said there was gonna be rain. God dang it, man. Boy, I wish I yeah, had that clip. I'm I'm gonna have to go outside tomorrow because we're supposed to get rain. It's Monday night. We're supposed to get rain Tuesday through I think Thursday night, maybe a little Friday. I'm gonna have to go outside every morning. I'm gonna have to yell at the clouds, tell 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 the rain to go away. I'm I'm gonna have to do what I can to to maintain what i told you on the on the first podcast but yeah I, uh, we're supposed to get a lot of rain this week unfortunately i know michael kopech is 
scheduled to make his one inning start um, on Tuesday. And to be completely honest, I think it's very fitting that it's supposed to rain that day, uh, just based on <laughs> the starts he had. Jesus, uh, this poor like, guy. After he made his debut, oh God. It seems like he can't avoid the rain. But yeah, it's it's looking like it's going to be a pretty rainy week here in AZ. The White Sox are going to need to develop. I mean. Listen, I grew up on uh, on the winning ugly White Sox, so God bless those Sunday uniforms. But can we rest that crap for one season and not just run out those uniforms every single year on Sundays? I think for Kopech, you're going to have to put together, uh, you're going to have to do some sort of like rain rain slicker type of uni, something that you know might help with some of the guys who are who put on a couple extra pounds too. But uh, I, I think that's got to be an alternate for the guy because at this point, is he ever going to pitch again when it's dry? What is the deal? The odds aren't in his favor. I uh, think he's had more rainy starts than he's had not rainy starts. So, I don't know. I guess, I guess he's just going to have to get used to it. Like I said, it seems like the rain's just following him. Can't, can't really catch a break. Resident Southside Sox and Southside Hip Pen meteorologist Sean Williams weighing in on the forecast for this week and... You know, I don't. I don't want to criticize. It's easy to criticize the weatherman, but I, you know, all I can say is, I swear, I swear, I heard it wasn't going to rain again, and now we might be faced with even less action. I think the Sox are off one of these next few days, so I mean, they won't necessarily get you know every game you know banged, and hopefully tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, the Kopeck star will be able to play or at least get some time. And I just like to see the guy get his inning for God's sake. That, that's literally all. I would be happy if they played one inning. I'd just be like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm good. Back pitch. We're done. It's a victory. <laughs> they, they, you know what? They should do that. There's, no matter how much rain is coming down tomorrow, let him throw his inning. It's a, it's a, that's all we need. Yeah, can't Bossard pull something where he, like, umbrellas the par, umbe- umbrellas the infield or something? Let's get a bullpen card out there that gives him enough cover that he won't you know slip and hurt himself in any way let's just get him that inning because we're all eager to see him i'm sure he is itching to pitch and how ironic it is that you know in arizona of all places and of course we have a game washed out already i believe that was the yeah that was the opener of you know cactus league uh but i mean geez it's been a couple weeks and now rain comes along when michael kolpak is scheduled to pitch what a drag man oh man yeah it really stinks that you you pretty much said it there we've been waiting a very long time to see him throw in, in a game, and I know it's just spring training, but still he's he's scheduled to start coming back into games here, and I know every single White Sox fan is excited to see him, so it is kind of a bummer that it's supposed to rain that day. Hopefully it passes. We'll see, but it's not looking good. Now, Southside Sox readers and listeners, we know you tune in for a detailed and extended weather report in these podcasts. We know you also tune in to hear what weird place I'm going to send some of the key White Sox roster pieces, like, say, food trucks. Uh, But I think probably when we start talking in an extended fashion about Arizona weather is probably when it's time to about wind things up so i'm going to say thank you once again to sean williams for joining us he is our Southside hip pen writer he does a little work for Southside socks as well and of course pictures and video as well listen follow this guy on twitter he's got the stuff he's down there for us at the park shooting stuff talking stuff it's sean and then i don't know what you call this an underline or a down slash or something that's an underline sean underline w10 
follow the guy on Twitter if you're not already. If you aren't already, what are you doing? What's the point of having Twitter unless you follow guys like Sean, who's down there on the scene in Arizona reporting the details that you're so eager to get? Follow Sean already. Come on. Uh, Sean, <laughs> thank you for joining me again and making a debut on the Southside Sox podcast. It's been wonderful to have you. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's it's always a pleasure uh, coming on a podcast and, and getting to talk some baseball. So I appreciate you uh, letting me come on and do this. All right, folks. Thank, thanks for listening. Many of you are probably listening in anticipation of that Michael Kopech one-inning outing. So let's cross our fingers. Let's hope Sean does what he, again, he promised to do. Go outside. I believe we have a quote now. We're not going to run the tape. We have a quote. He's going to walk outside tomorrow morning. He's going to look up at the clouds and he's going to yell at them. And that yelling is going to prevent the rain from falling at least until the second inning. That's all we're asking for. It's not a lot to ask, yeah? Absolutely. I, I might even tell him, hey, like you, you can start, the rain can start coming down bottom of the first. We, we need the top of the first. Jeez. Come on, Arizona. What the, what's the point? Of, no offense, Sean. What's the point of doing anything in Arizona unless it's going to be dry? It's Arizona. I know. It's, it, it doesn't really rain that much here, but whenever we get it, it comes down in bunches and it picked a very bad week. Man, oh man. It really did. All right. Well, on that stirring note, I'm going to thank everybody for continuing to read and following us on uh, at Southside Sox and listening in on the podcast, which is still really getting off the ground here. I believe this is the fourth podcast. We're going to be doing a whole lot more as the season gets closer, including a relentless barrage of podcasts planned that you guys aren't even going to know what to do with. So thanks for reading. Thanks for continuing to listen. Thanks to Sean Williams for, for his help. And uh, we'll catch you in probably about a week's time. Uh, but until then, keep on reading, keep on listening. Thanks, guys.